Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 163, How to STEM in Elementary School Teach Collaboration and Cooperation. Today, I have a special guest, Lauren Thorpe, here today to talk about collaboration and cooperation and how we can really increase this practice with our students through the use of STEM. Hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey. So we have another special STEMCon presenter who is going to talk to us today. I'm excited that she's here, and I know that you will enjoy this episode. Remember, if you want to attend STEMCon 2022, then head on over to trinadeberryteachingandlearning.com forward slash STEMCon 22. All right, let's get on with the show. I'm so excited to have Lauren Thorpe here today from Blue Sky Designs by Mrs. T, talking all about collaboration and cooperation. She's another fabulous STEMCon presenter, and I'm so excited that you're here, Lauren. Welcome. Thank you, Trina. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm excited. I'm excited you're here. I can't remember which podcast you were on before. Was it my? Is it the Teacherpreneur one or was it One Tired Teacher? I've been on both. So I was talking about um, student choice boards last time I was on. That's right. I love that episode. I'm going to link to that (laughs) in the show notes. That was so interesting. So I think people should definitely check that out because I thought it was so good. All right. So anyway, I'm glad that you're back. And I want you to tell us a little bit about, first of all, tell us a little bit about what you're talking about at STEMCon. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm looking forward to STEMCon this year. And I am talking about Uh, cooperation and collaboration in the classroom. So my session topic is titled Cooperation Over Competition, um, and it's ways to promote a more collaborative STEM learning space. And basically, I just go through some strategies uh, that teachers can use to kind of shift that mindset that a lot of students have, particularly in STEM, um, of competition and and competing against each other and to try and shift it towards supporting each other and collaborating and valuing the different perspectives that their peers can bring to a task. Yeah, I know. I think that's so important. And even before you and I hopped on, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking how our system is set up, at least our system in America is set up very with competition constantly. You're you're even pitting teachers against teachers. So just the very nature of the evaluations and the A plus money and ridiculous things like that is all, it feels like competition. So why is it so important for for us to shift our perspective on that? Yeah, I I absolutely agree that we Um, live in a very individualistic culture um, in general and in schools in particular here as well there there is so much uh, competition and um, focus on you know being the best or achieving certain things Um, it's it's important in the long run though that our students learn skills to work together and collaborate 
because first of all, um, if competition is the only thing that motivates them, um, then they're not actually gaining skills to keep them focused and persistent on tasks in the future when that kind of setting is taken away. Um, And also, you know, most workplaces involve being able to positively interact with others. Um, You need to have a certain level of social skills and other people can bring valuable perspectives to our work, whether we're students or teachers. And so learning to recognise that from a younger age um, will just help in the long run when you are able to pull on the skills and expertise of others and you are able to kind of look beyond um, yourself yourself. and, yeah, and kind of push yourself further um, using the support of those around you. I think that's, I think it's so important. Do you think, do you think there's ever a place for competition? Um, (laughs) I probably used to think it was an okay motivator sometimes for certain students. Now I'm not so sure um, because like I said, in the short term, you know, you do see students who get really motivated by Mm -hmm. competition. Um, But in the long term, is that helping them to develop the skills that they need to keep them persistent with a task um, when they're not competing and is that helping them to develop the skills that they need when they're not able to do something by themselves and they do need to work in collaboration Um, so I feel that long term it's probably not helpful to be encouraging that Mm -hmm. Um, and besides there's so many opportunities that students already have to compete in schools and extracurricular activities um, that I yeah I personally try try not to add to that more I suppose no I agree I think when I'm thinking of like sports and things like that I'm thinking competition but there's also collaboration in that as well when you if you're on a team sport obviously if you're playing tennis maybe not but um, but if you're playing a team sport then you're it's important to know how to be a good teammate and to root each other on and like build on strengths and, and support one another. So I think those elements are important even in that like competitive kind of thinking. But, and I feel, I kind of feel like as a kid, I did feel more competitive, like that kind of drove me in some aspects, but you're right. It feels like extrinsic motivation and not really like internal or intrinsic. And it doesn't, it also feels like it comes from a scarcity mentality because somebody's got to win and somebody's going to lose. And, and I, I, I don't know, the more I've gone all along in life, I guess the older I've gotten and I've heard things like, you know, like having a win-win mentality. And I'm like, that makes so much more sense to me. Then both people are happy and that's what we strive for, not a win-lose. And, and I'm like, I don't know. I think that the collaboration and the cooperation are are so much, so important, so important. Yeah, absolutely. And as teachers, you know, we have a lot of influence in the culture of our classroom when it comes Mm. to this. Um, So while schools in general might be encouraging, um, you know, that competition mindset Mm -hmm. within your classroom, your students will pick up on the things that you are valuing, Um, you know, even in discussions like if you're asking questions and then 
expecting one student to give you the right answer and then moving on, uh-huh. um, that's kind of just promoting that academic achievement yeah. as your focus. Whereas if you're using open-ended questions, getting different perspectives, telling students how you value what they've shared, um, that's going to influence the way the students think about um, their peers as well. And it's going to create a safer space for them to share their ideas in the first place. Absolutely. And I know there's been a lot of research, a lot of work done on cooperative learning and like specifically Kagan cooperative learning. I don't know if you've ever heard heard of that, but it, it's it's like it's specifically set up with structures that students do. And it is about learning to communicate with one another and again, like supporting one another and seeing value in each other. And it was like a game changer for me. The moment that I learned about that in in my classroom, which was a long time ago. So I know it's old by now, but it was it, everything changed. I'm like, this is completely different. It's so much better. And my and the kind of culture that the classroom, my classrooms late then had after that was significantly different than it was prior to to really understanding that kind of teaching. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It makes a difference across, you know, across the board in the um, community of your classroom. And yeah, and the whole point, I guess, of having this approach is to help students have opportunities to practice their positive social interaction skills. um, Yeah, as well as valuing the perspectives of others, getting confidence in what they have to offer as well, um, which is important. And um, yeah, and just kind of becoming less focused on always competing to be winning. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I you know that I think that's probably the most important that what you just said at the end about how they are getting to see like they're beginning to value what they have to contribute and what they have to add. And whereas I feel like in a competitive situation, the only people that are really truly enjoying that are the people that are doing well. And the people that are struggling are feeling worse about themselves on a regular basis. And we have these things like data charts and crap in our classroom. And those struggling readers or struggling students see themselves constantly. And I used to get so frustrated with fellow coworkers that would say, oh, but they don't know who they are. They're, it's a number. I'm like, let's put our weight up in the teacher's mm-hmm. lounge and we don't have to say who it is. We'll just do it by numbers. Do you think that would be feel comfortable or even our bank accounts? Like, would you be comfortable doing that, being on a chart in front of others? I know that I would not. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, and kids do know that's the other thing. They know who they are. They see themselves at the bottom of the chart every single time. And that doesn't make them feel better. And I recently got a Peloton for Christmas, which is an excellent gift. I'm so happy. I love it. But one of the things it has this leaderboard. And so it's like right in your face and you're, you know, right there, people are moving up. That is distracting to me. I love Mm -hmm. the high fives, like that part. I'm like, yeah, high five the other person back. That's really cool. But I have to hide that leaderboard because I'm like, I know I'm towards the bottom. Like, (laughs) I know. So it's not, I just don't feel like when you are struggling or when something's hard for you, it's not fun to be competing in something that you don't do very well or that you're just learning. You're just beginning. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good point that they are just learning. Um, you know, they, and we want them to be 
engaged enough um, to to keep learning. And often, like you said, um, those students who are struggling, they will switch off and and not be motivated anymore mm-hmm. because they're comparing themselves. And so that's why an approach like this is beneficial for keeping students engaged um, and minimising disruptions as well um, in class. Um, and, yeah, helping them to gain confidence and and understanding in the things that you're actually teaching about because their focus then isn't on comparing themselves to others, but they feel like they have something to contribute. Yes, they have something to say and it's valued and it's important. And I think that speaks to the kind of culture that you're that you want in your classroom as well. And you want them to be, you know, empathetic, to show empathy towards others and to be supportive and honor, you know, diversity and culture and all the different things. And I think that framework of, you know, cooperation and collaboration, that, that more abundant type of thinking is how we're going to create that kind of culture in our classrooms. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think STEM is a really good place to start with that Um, just because it, you know, has a lot more opportunities for group work and Mm -hmm. for um, students to really explore and experiment and um, it's a bit more interactive so yeah so that's kind of why I guess for the conference I have focused on using this approach in STEM obviously it can go across the board and it and it should that should be the goal but um, yeah uh, STEM is a good starting place when you're doing group work and challenges to just start to get some of these skills being practiced by your students. Yes. What would you say? I don't want you to have, you're not going to give your whole session away because I want people to go. I want them to attend and see all the greatness. Um, What is at least one strategy, one or two things that a teacher can do to, to kind of encourage this type of, this type of thinking and learning? Yeah. um, So an example of something um, you might start doing is to use some thinking routines with your students. So um, this will help you to make sure that your prompts are Mm open-ended enough for students to bring different perspectives. Um, And so so something like Think, Pair, Share, if you've heard of that, where students um, have some time to think about how they'd respond, then they pair up with someone. So they're practising their communication skills there. sharing their ideas and then as a pair they come and share that to the class or to another group. Those sorts of things um, help, I suppose, train your kids to communicate and share their ideas. Um, Something else is when you are using groups, uh, try giving your students different group roles. Mm. Um, And at first you probably would need to assign group roles and give them a chance to try a few different things out. Mm -hmm. Um, But the goal is in the long term um, to help them to see the things that they're skilled at and Mm -hmm. the things that they can offer their group so that later on they can, I suppose, assign themselves a role or or offer up what they're going to contribute. Um, Yeah, so things like that, even interviews, I feel like that's a really underrated Mm -hmm. Um, strategy these days. I don't see many teachers using interviews so much. That's true. Um, you, 
you might I know you do podcasting with your students (laughs) Um, it's definitely something that they don't know automatically it's not like you can just say we're going to interview the PE Mm -hmm. coach today because I ran the news crew last year as a media specialist and they were just stand there and I'm like I I guess and they're fifth graders I'm like I guess I actually need to model what this would look like and then teach Mm -hmm. them how they ask questions because and also how they would ask a question the person would respond with something that you could cont- elaborate on. And my students would just be like, okay, next question. And they'd <laughs> move on. And I'm like, we have to elaborate. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. great. It's definitely something that they mm. that they need to learn for sure. Yeah, exactly. And that's why interviews are so great because it um, gets students practicing those skills of mm. elaborating on a point, uh, listening carefully to what someone has said and um being able to clarify their ideas, you know, they can take turns of doing the interviewing and responding to the questions. And then they're learning two different um, skills, yes, you know, yes. through that. So, yes. um, so that's a really valuable tool to use as well. In my session, I talk about how you can even use that as a, like you could use it as a prior knowledge um, mm-hmm. task to see what students already know. And then you can use it at the end to see um, how they've developed their understanding of a topic. So yeah, there are a few examples. Yeah, no, no, that's great. I love that because you're also giving them an opportunity to show what they know in a different way. They're not taking a multiple choice test. So (laughs) they're able, and if you were using interviewing, maybe you would use podcasting. Maybe the kids would be doing, you know, making podcasts. I think I've always thought that that was really cool. But anyway, I think that is, that's, extremely helpful and very valuable. I I really, I hope that it at least starts to spark people's thinking in that way, because we are so competitive, like maybe we can let go of some of those things and really allow kids to, to, to work better with one another. I think that, I think that'll make it, I think that would make a huge difference in the world in general. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, um, yeah, like I said earlier, these are the sorts of skills that they can take with them um, out into the workplace when they leave school and and it's, yeah, beneficial for them and the people around them. So, so I think it's really valuable to be encouraging this in our classrooms. I do too. I agree. You, you, every time I've spoken to you, you have told me some kind of information where I can just picture your classroom and what it was like and how calm and kind and sweet and like generous students probably are to one another because of the way that you are it it probably just comes out on your class in this beautiful way like being an administrator I just would want to come in and be like oh this is so great and not that I was an administrator but I mean I I don't know that's just the the sense that I get for for some reason oh thank you that's very kind um yeah I guess that you know we all have different um values and priorities in the classroom and for me the classroom community is something that I really focus on and and so I guess this topic um, that we're talking about today does go hand in hand with what I talked about last time with student voice and student agency you know there is that correlation there where those skills um, support each other Absolutely. Sometimes yeah. I think we don't even realize that we have that underlying passion and it's going to come out in a different way somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And just that generosity towards one another and also advocating for yourself and 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 valuing what you have to say and your choice and 
it's all like comes together in this. Yeah. So that's cool. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lauren. I really appreciate you being here and you coming back on the podcast. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you would like to, you know, share or elaborate on? Um, uh, I just had some notes on how this could work virtually as well, because I, oh, I yes. know Tell us. a lot of teachers are still in the virtual um, teaching space. And in Australia, that's kind of actually a bit more um, common this year than it has been in the last two years. So um, I just wanted to mention that just because when you think of collaboration, you think of students working in a group in person together. Um, there's That doesn't mean there's not still ways you can promote this sort of mindset if you're teaching virtually. And so if you are in that position and you're listening, um, I encourage you to make the most of things like if you have breakout rooms or mm. ways for students collab- to collaborate through whatever online platform you're using, um, be encouraged to try that. And when you have discussions um, with your class online, again, you can make it the focus to um, value the different perspectives that students bring and to encourage them to kind of build off of each other's ideas and um, to make sure you're asking open-ended questions. And you can even do um, projects where students go off and research something that they can then bring back to a group. So, yeah, so I guess I just, um, if you're listening and thinking that this didn't apply to you because you're teaching virtually, I encourage you to still still think about how you can um, use some of these strategies as well. Oh, I totally agree. I think the first thing that came to my mind, first of all, I got my master's, it was virtual, like, and this was in 2011. So this was long before the pandemic. But one of the things that was so important in my program it was educational technology and media design was to to work cooperatively. And 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 at first I'm like, you know, how are we going to do this? We're all over the world. Like it was literally people all over the world in groups. And but we would have to meet in like virtual worlds and have conversations. Like this was when Second Life was a big thing. This is a long time ago. And and so we had we'd have to meet there and we had to learn like the culture of that area also because you had to had to figure out how to like dress yourself or or you literally would be standing there naked um so you know that was embarrassing so you had to do those kind of things and you had to you had to speak to each other and you helped each other out and then another thing we did was or I've done this with my classroom was I used a Google Doc, just a simple Google Doc. And the students were like, they picked a color of font. So that way you could see who was contributing as far as like, if you had all pink, that person was probably dominating the conversation or dominating the work. And then you barely saw any black or you barely saw any blue or whatever. And so they had different colors. So you could kind of see their, like what they were doing. So that was actually really helpful. And they did tons of brainstorming and building stories on that and, you know, lots of different activities. And it was, it was all a part of them, you know, working with one another. So I think that's, I think you're right. I think we can't lose that if we're virtual, like we have got to hold on to that. That's so, so important. (laughs) I mean, even if you're having them post to like your learning management system, if it's Schoology or Google Classroom, I know in Schoology, it looks like Facebook for kids. So it you can post something and then students respond and they have their little you know comment. 
And then I used to have my kids, they had to reply to three people's comments. So they were again, like communicating with one another and they had to, you know, look at their answer and be specific about what their feedback and whatever. So it was, Mm -hmm. I just think some of those little ideas can really help like build that cooperation. Yeah, absolutely. I love the um, idea of the different colored fonts. That's yeah. So simple, but it, nice yes. and clear for you as a teacher um, yes because you have yeah. you get to see you have a see at a glance I used to do that well equal in in person too with like chart paper and they would have a different color crayon or marker or whatever and it was like this is a and we talk about we wouldn't talk about it as far as like you didn't do any work it was more of look like what kind of teamwork can we assess just from this visual and mm-hmm. um and what can we learn from this and it was like oh you know so and so isn't having a chance to to speak as much or they they didn't you know participate or whatever and it was just really i don't know very metacognitive they really started to understand like what part they played and how their thinking was was being affected so it was interesting <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I, I love having those conversations with kids where um, you're getting them thinking about their thinking or, you know, thinking yes. about um, their work. And yeah, I find those sorts of conversations to be really effective. Um, there's no need. I, I don't think there's any need to kind of hide um, if you're trying to get certain skills or things out of kids, just, yeah, present it to them, talk to them about it and yeah. they can help to come up with the solutions too, which is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again. Where can my audience find you? Uh, So the best place is probably on my Facebook page, Blue Sky Designs by Mrs. T. Um, I just share, you know, links to my website and resources and events and things there. Um, So I've got that. I do have a website as well. I can send you the link to that okay. um, and a TPT store. And of course, StemCon. Yes, I'll and StemCon. <laughs> I can see you at StemCon. Now, make sure you send me the links. I'll drop them in the show notes so that people can find you easily. And I can't wait to see to, to come to your session. <laughs> Thank you, Trina. And thanks for having me today. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for being here. And we hope to see you at STEMCon. Just another incredible speaker that will be speaking at STEMCon. It's going to be exciting, people. You can find it at trinadeveryteachingandlearning.com forward slash STEMCon 22. And with that link, you will get a freebie from me. It's a makerspace freebie and it is lesson plans for a week using the story Brave Irene and a makerspace extension and STEM integration. I hope that makes the deal even sweeter. It's pretty amazing though. This one tired teacher is excited for STEMCon and for all the things to come. Until next time, sweet dreams and sleep tight. 